and we're in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Business Bromance Podcast. Did you forget the name of our show? You did. <laughs> What's the third word? The Business, business Bromance Show. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, with me, <laughs> Nick Burridge, and him. I'm Sam Taylor. Hello, everyone. Hi, Sam. How are you doing today? Have you had some sleep? <laughs> yeah, I have had some sleep, although I still only feel about 70% of myself. Um, a little backstory. We went uh, this week to see... Um, raise your hands, raise your profits tour with Brad Sugars and Marcus Sheridan, which was excellent. Although I had worked the night before, so by the time we got there, I was about thirty-six hours into some sleep deprivation. <laughs> didn't, didn't you go on about it? God. I didn't stop. That's that was my guiding. Mm. That was my north star. Do you know how tired I am? <laughs> oh, hello, new person. Do you know how much sleep I've had in the last? <laughs> Cares. Did I tell anyone that? No, I don't. Oh, good. Thank God. Yeah. I so. Yeah. I told you. You told me a few times. Yeah. So we went up. So that was my third um, night on tour, and that was your first. And, and tell we... us why why you were involved. Tell us tell us a bit about. So that. for those who don't know, so I'm a coach for a certain method of doing your content, which sounds small, but actually ends up meaning that I deal with the whole business because we get everyone involved because that's how you make it a success. Right. So I don't do anything. For, well, I, do, I don't do the content. I coach businesses to turn themselves into kind of sales machines. And the book that I coach is called They Ask, You Answer. That's the, that's the method, even though I don't coach them on the nuts. I coach them on their behaviors and actions around it yeah i expect them to actually learn the book themselves um and the guy who wrote it marcus sheridan was on tour with the action coach crew so action coach is a big is a global coaching organization sam of which you are i'm now a part of a part of yeah i can say that i've got so, business cards so. so that is led by someone called brad sugars um and so brad sugars and marcus sheridan went on tour around the uk and the other night, I'm going to say Wednesday night, we were in Coventry. Coventry, the, the Midlands. Yeah, much to Marcus's confusion. Am I in the north or the south here? Neither. What? Yes, yes. <laughs> How yeah. can there be neither? Yeah, it was quite nice because uh, Marcus came and sat with us um, beforehand. We were we were having a, a slight beverage before people started turning up. He came and had a, a sit down with us and was talking around how certain things land in different parts of the world so if you're in america you can use different sort of like jokes in england they've got to be slightly different and some yes. of that was around the you know how do i how do i you know what, what cultural and of course it was north being a yeah bit trying, than the soft south well he had been doing a joke he had been running a joke in his talk for the first two nights which i had observed not landing at all right um right. and then i asked him if he's gonna do it he said i'm not doing that joke again because no one gets it over here and the joke was something to do in america you can make a joke about city, about country people being no about city people being much more impressive than country people, and it gets a laugh. Right. And over here, everyone's just, just no like, idea of what no. you speak. Yeah, it makes no sense. So, but I tell you what, for, I mean, the book. Firstly, they ask yeah. you answer. It's great. It's it's got to be one of the top business books, in, in my opinion. Certainly yeah. for the of, of the collection that I've read this yeah. year, and I've read quite a few. Um, but as well as being a decent author, a very decent author. He's a really good presenter as well. Engaging, interesting, gets to the point. Yeah, that's it. Look, I've trained with him and his crew for, I don't know, over a year now. And we don't ever discuss writing or all that. We, all we ever talk about is communication. It's absolutely at the heart of everything he does. Yeah. So, yeah, very intentional communicator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can see that. You can see that. And a, and a really nice guy, you know, it's rather than 
rather than kind of like standing to the side afterwards and just allowing people who'd paid a little extra to come and meet him, he was right in the thick of it, just saying hello to everyone, everyone. pictures, signing books, saying hello, saying goodbye. Really nice down to earth chap. Absolute dude. Yeah. No. And, and just to wander over to us 10 minutes before you speak to a room of 300 people and have a beer with us. We didn't have a beer because we didn't drink, but we had beer. Yeah. But yeah. Um, just to hang out with us in a very kind of very non relaxed, nervous, yeah. just very in the moment. Yeah. It's weird. Weird, but good. It'd be really nice good. To be like that, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, we will be. I mean, part of my ambition for us, Nick, is that. Take it on tour. Take this on tour, man. Yeah. I no. mean, there's 63 people listening to this right now. <laughs> no, 6.3. 6.3, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, No, well, I, I, that's an exciting thing. So at that last event, I got booked, I think, to do a speech to, to talk, not a speech, that's a horrible word, uh, to 150. Yes. And that'll be my biggest crew so far. That's cool. That's cool. So I've just got to get it up. Get it up. I've got to get it up from there. Hang on a minute. Now I've got to, <laughs> I've got to get my numbers up from there. Um, yeah. That's a, yeah, it's not a bad number at all and made made Coventry worthwhile. Hopefully. For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I can turn that into some clients, that would be lovely. Yeah. Very nice. Otherwise, I just get a nice warm feeling. I'm always trying to outdo my dad, who was a lecturer, and I always say to him, Dad, what's your biggest lecture ever? I'm away off it yet, but I will, you know, I'll get him. He said 600 once in California. I'm like, damn it. That's a lot of people. That's a lot, isn't it? How many people were there on Wednesday? 300 and something, I think, just over 300. So... Twice that Twice room. as big as that. It was a beautiful, it was the heart of England's uh, conference and events centre in Coventry. And the room, the venue was a bit... It was weird. It was a bit Alan Partridge. It was weird. Yeah. It was weird. There's some weird stuff the going on. The whole place was absolutely... So if you can imagine, your normal business speech is in a fairly dry and stuffy hotel conference room with soft carpet and kind of yep. dead sounds and sort of flat lighting. This, The walls of this room... All four walls were like the universe, so they were black with little white dots of stars lit up, shining out at you. Yeah. It was surreal. I liked it. I liked I, it a lot. Yeah, but that's because you were <laughs> half asleep. You thought you were in <laughs> I thought La I La Land. <laughs> yeah. It's bloody weird. But then the rest of it, you'd go it's down this weird. almost wab- rabbit wabbit, <laughs> down a wabbit warren <laughs> um, to try and find things like the toilet, which was like in the entrance to a restaurant. And yeah, that was so weird. There were there was some weird chainmail erotica. At least some of this I may have dreamt. I'm not sure. No, it was. Sure there was, was a mixture. We had a a sort of steampunk bits of metal art, <laughs> and then you had a poster of a woman with a seductively with lace, and then thirty eight clocks. It just <laughs> yes, the clocks. It was so it was surreal. Yeah, there was no theme there. No. The theme was there is no theme. theme. Was, this is weird. Yeah, no. yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. Uh, but so one of the UK's quirky little venues for sure. So look, why don't we? Because you're part of Brad's team now. I am, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I'm obviously on Marcus's team. So why don't why don't we talk about the two talks? Yep. And you well, yeah, you kick off because yeah, Marcus yeah. first. And I'd like to hear what you sort of took out of Marcus's talk by way of you know, sort of introducing his subject. So don't assume a listener knows anything. But what yeah, did you, what... okay. Yeah, so <coughs> I, I think Marcus's big thing, and again, you'll correct me, but this is what I took out. Mm. I was very tired. I don't know if I've mentioned how tired I was. Have you had much sleep? <laughs> I had oh. not much sleep. But what Here I took from it, what I took from it was that when you look at a buyer's journey, they 
essentially when they come and make a purchase from you, 80% of that decision has already been made. And that decision's already been made because in this day and age, people have got the world at their feet where they can go and do a load of research on a product or a service before coming to you and purchasing said product or service. A way to build the odds in your favor is to make sure that the content that's out there is hitting a number of points to lead them to you. He did a number of very clever things. So Marcus's story is that he owned a swimming pool company with two friends. And in the financial crash of 2008, everyone withdrew their orders. And I think they had five orders, which were totaling maybe £400,000 or £500,000 ready to go. And they pulled that, which meant that his company was about to... On on the day of the Black Friday. In on the Black 2007, Friday. I think it was, yeah. And he was driving home and like head in hands, just catastrophizing that this was this was the end. And he went home, and this is the bit that you may need to fill me in, but he started writing. Uh, he, went, he went home and made a list of all the questions that he had been asked over the last couple of years and came up with about 200 questions and then started writing answers in form of blogs around those questions yeah and what he did was it was quite clever so one of the ones that really stick out and he touched on this on the night as well that he wrote about the five best swimming pool providers in his local area but he didn't include himself and you may be thinking well why why would you do that you're just sending business somewhere else but in order to read the blog when you clicked on it went to his website and it also allowed transparency and openness so it started to build trust and building that trust in a customer relationship is vital. And he may have lost a couple, maybe. Some might have gone to some of the companies that he suggested in, in, in mm-hmm. his blog. But most of them landed on his page, started to fall in love with the fact that he was so open and transparent and honest and you know everything was on the table. And I think that one article ended up making him £25 million pounds or the company's £25 yeah, million. Yeah, I think pounds. definitely it did. Yeah, the, the big article, I think, is the cost one, but yeah. Definitely. The cost one, yeah, yeah, okay. And that is around how much will it cost for me to have a fiberglass pool? And, of course, the uh, the answer to that is, well, there's a lot of different variables. and It, these it depends. The it depends. There we go. Thank you. Um, and so, yeah, so he wrote this article around um, the things that it depends on and why you may or may not want those bespoke features on your fiberglass pool um and that blew the doors off that that was that was the italian job if you will uh in such that he was writing things that people hadn't said before it was always contact us or get in touch or let's have a chat instead of just being like look here's all of the things you may need to make an informed decision yeah make an informed decision crazy and the New York Times article he always shares, as the headline is, revolutionary approach. Marcus's revolutionary approach, you know, save the day, whatever the line is. Mm. He's like, it's not that revolutionary just to answer people's questions. But it's really, really difficult. Yeah. Um, and he came up with um, with with the big five. Well, another one of his things is when you're writing this content is around the big five. And this is what the buyers really, really care about. And those big five are the price, yep. the problems, the comparisons, so yep. if you were going to versus, reviews, customer yep. reviews, yep. and which one's best. Yep. What's best? You hit those, and that should be 75 80% of all the content that you're putting out there should hit one of those big fives because that is what 
buyers truly care about. So if you're in, I don't know, uh, we've got a shared contact who does a, um, uh, he's got a company where uh, called Backworld, um, lovely chap called Paul Skinner. Uh, my advice to Paul would be to, when you're writing blogs or articles on why you may want an adjustable uh, chair or an adjustable desk to start looking at the big five. What's the price? What are the problems? Which? Why would you compare an electronic chair against a normal chair? What reviews have you had and why it's why these are the best in class? Yeah, absolutely. Not a bit, just be, I'm going to say one correction here. Please do. Um, please. Which, which is not what's the price because the price will be on your website. It's like what, what goes into the price? Okay. Why is your adjustable chair 600 and I've seen one on Amazon for 38 quid. Right. So you just need to really help people on that one. That's a, that's always a big one. Um, <clears throat> yeah. 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 And like uh, he, he, he used uh, an ostrich in his PowerPoint, which is quite good because you've got a banner with an ostrich on, haven't you? An ostrich. Yeah, it's the other way around. I, <laughs> it's not good because he's, it's not good because Nick did it. It's Nick did it because, yeah, I have a, I have an ostrich on my um, pop-up banner. You do have um, a pop-up But I, my ostrich has his head up in the air. It does. And uh, Marcus uses the myth before anyone writes in. Yes, we know they don't really do it. But it's useful. We like the image. We, we like the image a lot. Don't bury your head in the sand. Don't bury your head in the sand. Get out there. Get exactly. above the parapet, as uh, Steve would say. Um, but yeah, I found it engaging. I found it really, really interesting. Like, he's a great speaker. He was doing... He was involving people in the audience. He was going up and down the runway. And I think that you said that the, the room layout would make a difference to how the feeling was, the vibe was in the room, mm. for want of a better word, and you felt that commentary maybe wasn't as good as Bristol. But I, I found it quite interesting. You know, I found it quite, I was quite pumped up by it. And I know that doesn't take a lot because it's me, but... No, no, absolutely. Yeah. It was a much better room layout. So I've seen a few shows. Um, the, the middle show I saw of his, they had laid the tables out directly across so the vips at the front with their lovely sort of round tables were blocking his ability to get down the room and i could see it took him about 40 minutes to work out how to get round right. down the side and back and when he come down the back or any speaker if you're speaking but when he got to the back you see the you can feel the back of the room come to life and they start speaking and, right. he, and he leans out and he talks to a guy in the audience says you know whatever his name is fred mm. And, you know, I always say that, you know, I always do that in my talks because you just, if you name one person and talk to them, you're naming everyone. Everyone sits up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, and if it's you, obviously, you really sit up. You know, it's the, in a small group. If you're ever trying to engage a small group and you feel people dropping off, I just go, hey, Sue, what do you make of that last point? And Sue gets a lovely joke because, oh, it's me. Yeah. And then I'm she special. gets that little burst of adrenaline and she's, and then everyone. So it's a really, it's an, a really important thing. Um, the days of just speaking to a room, I think, are, well, in my head, are gone. They're not because yeah. everyone still does it, don't they? But, but the way in which it's done. The way in which it's done. And it's shared storytelling. So he's very careful. I know how his, his presentation will be landed in. What's the one thing in this section? He's always talking about what's the one thing, Nick? You want to get the one thing. And you land the one thing, and then you can move on. And you need to have everyone with you. It's fascinating. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, really good. Does. So, so what were your thoughts around Brad? So Marcus came in and did an hour and a half slot. We went off and had a yes. another half a cider and a half a Guinness. And then we came back and Mr. Brad Sugars to a standing ovation. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Please be upstanding and clap. Okay. <laughs> Bugged me a little bit that. I was really tired. I don't know if I've mentioned it. The last thing I wanted to do was yeah. stand up and clap. <laughs> no. But yeah, Brad, in he came. In he came. He's quite, he's quite, you know, 
he's a decent dude. Now, I had a chat with him after the Bristol show, and he's a he's a sound bloke one on one. He really is. He was just chatting away about his little business problems like everyone has. So mm. he's a good guy. Uh, he walks in uh, in his his massive cowboy boots, which. So Brad, yeah, so how can we describe Brad? So he, his accent is Australian-American mixed. And if you want to see an amazing house with a swimming pool slide that seems to run down for miles into his amazing landscape garden, the pools and whatnot, then YouTube search Brad Sugars' house. Right. It's one of my favourite things to do for something. I don't know why, <laughs> but it is. I like that. In the bank, is it? It's not in the bank. On he didn't. I don't think he mentioned it on the night we were there. But he the didn't. first night he arrived, he flew into the Bristol event from Las Vegas. Okay. He arrived at Heathrow. His car dropped him off just as we were going to break. So he arrived in first steps in the UK were ten minutes before he stood up in front wow. of three hundred people. Wow! And he couldn't leave any early because he had a Halloween party at his house. And you think that's nice. He said, yes, I had 2,800 people in my Halloween party. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I see. Yes. Yes. How did he? He's like... got a big gaff. And he said he had it in the garage. I'm like, you have a big garage. <laughs> yes. It's yeah, called YouTube Brad Sugar's Garage. No, <laughs> I, don't, I've, I haven't tried that, but I don't think it's there. But yeah, no, he, yeah, he. What? Yeah, he had 2,800 people at his Halloween party, which I assume is some kind of probably does it for charity i'd imagine some kind of charity event all thing and his wife is a party organizer so. ah okay okay so that's you know something can, uh, we, put, can we put that on the list is that uh, one of our aspirations to get to a halloween party at people yeah that's, that's oh a, get to the party get to the party not have yeah. a party not have a party no no god no no but um hey you never know mate. you never know, you never know. You never but know. yeah maybe an aspiration should be to get over to where is it? California? Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Nevada. So, yeah. No, so, he's, his talk is different, right? He's more talking at you, which is fine. And as someone who's been in marketing for many years, I've been to quite a few of these. So, I'm a bit cynical. But um, I think his talk was good. Because he goes... One thing he does really well is go back to some basics. The first thing he says is marketing is just profitably buying lifetime customers. I'm like, mm. well, that's good to remember, isn't it? Because we get tied up in the knots about, is it Google SEO or PPC or that? No one cares. Mm. It might be. So really good to remember that. And then and then he goes into some of these sort of hallowed grounds that researchers and strategists in marketing are, you know, are talk about endlessly, target audience. And it's like he says, you know, if you target you know, what's your target audience? Someone always says to him, Oh, it's um, you know, women aged twenty to fifty five. And he goes, That's not a target audience. No. no. And he goes back to this woman in the, in the audience in question. She says, oh, well, our best clients actually are women who drop their kids after school, drop the kids at school. Then they come in and they have, I can't remember, it was a salon or something. They have their hair cut and they do their nails and then they're off. You know, he's like, okay. So that's a target audience. You know, women who are dropping kids at a local thing. have got an hour and a half to spare. They've got a bit of money because whatever. You know, really, really be specific on your target audience. And he says... You should come up with 22 at least. I don't know where we got 22 from, but I like it. Hmm. You know, because we're the same in our business. Like, what's the target audience? Well, that's business only. It's like, nah, yeah. that's not a target audience. No. So I thought it was good. Some, some, some good shouts in there. Um, so in terms of his style, he does a lot of the, I like his phrase, hello, yes, no. Because he goes, he says something and he goes, da, 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 da. Uh, Yes, no, and no one says anything. He goes, hello, hello. hello. yes, no. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God, he's really shouting at us now. So, um, yeah, his style is not, it's not of the Marcus Sheridan variety where you just want to participate. You kind of get a bit more, yeah. a bit more forced. 
but no, he had some, some good, good little things in there. And then we went on to talk about, you know, talk about the problems you solve. That was a big one for him, which I like. We, we're probably going to have a problems we solve section on our website, actually. Yeah. That. Um, and then some really good, what I always like is something you can actually think about and do. So, for example, he really told us all to focus on a certain platform called Pinterest. Yeah. which to be fair my team have been saying for a while it's cool and what's cool about pinterest is stuff is permanent so instagram facebook all the other everything fades away within a few hours any post you put up on anything no one will ever see if they don't see it in hour one they'll never see it yeah on pinterest getting it, infographics on pinterest absolute winner so yeah because they're always we haven't there. looked at him on pinterest no uh, um, uh, is that what he was saying that he, he um... yeah he, he, he well he was saying yeah absolutely so i presume well, job with action coaches. I'm not sure how much marketing they actually do. Okay. Just because they're incredibly successful anyway, <laughs> so it's not the hardest. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually on Pinterest at the moment, mm. and I'm going to search. What should I search? Action coach or? Yeah, try that. I'll try Brad Sugars. Action coach. Here we go. We're in now. Okay, action coach. Here we go on Pinterest. 166 followers. Jeez. 88 monthly views. Wow. Yeah. Um, not, not not singing from their own song sheet there, are they too much? No. Okay, so let's have a look for Brad Sugars because maybe he meant personally for him. Um, have a look at... So um, some other things while Sam does that that are really neat little things you can do right now as ways to get you know get the so let me give you overall his conversation which i think is good is his thing is your marketing should focus on having conversations when you're out there so how do you start conversations you know you don't slam someone you've just met on linkedin with your sales pitch you don't do that you get into a conversation with them you try and be helpful is there a, an ebook a white paper a guide and it's mm. exactly the same by the way that they ask you answer any engagement with someone is all about you sending them something that's useful or educational um one little thing was he used to trick, trick he likes to trick the algorithm on uh, all these platforms is instead of saying, so you might put a post up saying, we've got this great thing, whatever it is, white paper, download, free gift, offer. It's like, you don't just put the link. You ask people to type a word below. Mm. Just type a word and I'll send it to you. And that obviously tricks the algorithm to, you know, keep showing it to more and more people, that which is neat. Advice. That's clever. That's neat. Yeah, that's clever. That's clever indeed. Um, yeah, uh, on, on, on Pinterest, uh, Brad Sugar's 3,000 followers. Yeah, so he's, yeah, yeah, interesting. But he's got a ton of businesses. I don't know. You probably have to find the one. That this really, is the one. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. I really liked um, his little, and, and sorry to interject on that, but I quite liked his message around um, how you, he was only accepting three clients per month. Mm. I thought that was a really good use of the lang of English language, you yeah. know? create scarcity, mm. create premiumship mm. by only taking on a few clients a month. Yeah, yeah I think that's super smart, isn't it? And, yeah. and maybe it's a, is it a waiting list? Is there a time delay? Mm. I certainly think I would probably adopt some of that in our business as well, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, what else? So some other good stuff was using other other people's stuff is a great way to get out there. So if you've got a, is there a thought leader in your in your sector? Just start commenting and chatting away on his and put your, you know, comment below their post and say, look, we've got this great thing. If you want to see it, just yeah, reply with my word and he'll look through the comments and send you the thing. So it's clever. It's it good clever. stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, implement some of that. Well, ah, oh, here's one I really like. So he says, ask all your followers, write to each 
every single LinkedIn follower you have, yeah, or connection, or yeah. both, yeah. and you ask them the the question you ask them, the exact words are, "Who do you know? Who?" So it's, "Who do you know? Who would benefit from?" And then insert your service, because that is a really low pressure way of getting people to say, "Me." <laughs> okay. Okay. So you're taking the heat off them. It's not you need. It's like, who do you know who might benefit from? I wonder if there's a way of doing that wholesale as opposed to, I mean, my my, no. my following, no. I think that there's not. Okay. No, so. I don't think so. I think that's the exact point is it's not wholesale. It has to be it one on one. It has to be individualist. Mm. Okay. So that's what I got. Oh, that's the I quite liked his, uh, he, he spoke about the ladder of loyalty and yes. turning suspects into prospects, turning mm. prospects into shoppers, turning shoppers into customers, mm. customers into members, which I yeah. love, members into advocates, and then advocates into super fans. Mm. And um, yeah, you're almost taking, you're taking someone who's potentially could work for you, you know, a suspect, and making them into almost like a, a living, breathing part of your marketing by having them rave about you. Yeah, he talked about his, his mate because he would have a mate who owns a winery, wouldn't he? And he's like, <laughs> he, may, he probably went to the Halloween party. Well, yeah, he probably did. Um, so the winery is like a beautiful place, obviously, out in, I don't know if it was California or Australia, but anyway, he went showing around. The guy was showing around. It's lovely here. Where do people take their Instagram photos? And the guy was like, What? Where do people take their Instagram photos? The guy had no idea. So they put in four spots, and the first one says, This is your first of four photo opportunities for Instagram. It's got a frame, got yeah. the company name, yeah. and you're looking out across this beautiful vineyard and everyone snaps photos. And of course, suddenly their social sharing has gone through the roof. Mm. It's smart. That is smart. That is really smart. Mm. So that's a good one. Um, I, I quite liked his, he gave us three points, um, which I, I, it was around the campaign. It was around building a campaign and a little bit of mindset work, which kind mm. of resonated with me. And number one was never wish that your life were easier, wish that you were better. Oh, yeah. God, at the end. That was powerful. That that woke I've, me got, up. I've got to share the story at the end, which blew my mind, Go which on. is that when he was 16, oh. he saved up all his money from what I think he was doing car washing and neighbors and just some sort of little business like that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously and he saved it all up and blew it. Um, one day took a bunked off school for a day and went to see Jim Rohn talk uh, in his local town in Brisbane, I think he said. Mm-hmm. Um, 16 years old. This man has focus, yeah, which most people don't have. But hey, um, we can all adopt it now. And then he said that 12 years later, he was allowed, he was able, he was asked to open a show for Jim Rohn, which must be a great moment. Yeah, be. for sure. Yeah. You, like, have you got something that would almost uh, so i have and i'm happy to share yeah. it as well have you got something that you would love to happen which would validate something in your mind or would be a kind of like so so mine is yeah. to coach one of the heads at edf energy i see nice. <laughs> mine is to go back to someone yeah. at the top yeah see coo the ceo or to have uh, have them reach out to you but better wouldn't it that would be so. better yeah I need your help here. And I've started almost doing that by commenting, like, so uh, the director of sales put out uh, an article, shared an article on Mm. um, how to be a great leader and, uh, you know, some of the pitfalls around leadership. And I asked, asked, what what did you take from this? What will you be implementing? Mm. He didn't reply, but that's going to be my big flex one day. (laughs) One of them have reached out to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were his other... 
no, I get that. And sorry, mine, I guess, would be at the top of my head would be introducing Marcus Sheridan somehow. Or, yeah, or, yeah. Or have him introduce me. <laughs> there we go. That's more like <laughs> That'd it. Be funny. Um, what was his things at the end were good. So one of the, the big one was you can't, you'll never out earn what you out. Work you're never harder on yourself than you do your job. Yes. That was the second one. And the third one was you get the people you deserve. Oh, that was his dad telling that. Was that his dad? Yeah. What was the first one again? Just remember? Never wish your life were easier. Wish you were better. Yeah, wish you better. So his, which I think he restated in other sayings, you're never out earn. You're, you're never going to be out earning your learning. So, yes. Which is, yeah, which is very cool. It's very, very cool. And also like a big kind of, like I was saying this to uh, uh, to my partner is that it's really, it, it's, it's really validating when the things that you've researched, the books that you've read, the articles and podcasts that you've listened to subconsciously come through in how you're talking, that you, your thought methods, how you're communicating with people. That's, that, that, that should be lifelong. Just never stop learning. No, I agree. And I often find when I go into a coaching session, if I've been reading a book that morning, mysteriously, something good from that book will come into my coaching session. I'm yeah. like, is that a coincidence? Yeah. Or did is there something more powerful going on here? So, yeah. yeah. No. I'll be like that. But it's bloody good. Really, really, really good. If they um, if they come back again, then, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend anyone who listens to this podcast who's got a mind of business, if you're in business, uh, marketing if you're in sales and whatever go along and see these guys because um you'll definitely get some some good value from it yeah so <laughs> god uh sorry just looking at the clock there he's caught me um coming up to our last 30 seconds it yeah, is. yeah um, it can be or we can carry on i'm quite you know i don't mind we can we can stop we could we could insert a sponsorship <laughs> let's put it oh yeah <laughs> sponsorship ad coming up all right well look, no my take up some two shows yeah just keep learning i've got to keep reading a book a week Brad does a book a week as done for life and he does it on audible. Thank God. Cause that's my thing rather than paper. So yeah. I'm up for that. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. Good, uh, good show. Enjoyed it. Good, good chat. chat, Sam. Take it easy, brother. See you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>